think it's good to be back together, ranking things potentially. It's probably going to happen. Probably by the end of this episode, we will have ranked at least one thing. Uh, it would be take a huge derailing of our usual process for that not to happen. Uncertain times. Imagine what's the, what's the funniest scenario that you can see playing out. I guess one of us pooing up. <laughs> That's the most obvious. I feel derailing. like even that we probably would, wouldn't even release it. Yeah, I mean, or or I feel like you know, if it, it were me, the topic. if it were me yeah. pooing my pants, I could. And while we were discussing, say, I don't know, um, uh, eliteness, then I could I could find a way to spin it into. Um, it, it's the Brian Eno quote: "Honor your mistakes as hidden intentions." Yeah. Right. Should we rank quotes or Brian Eno? <laughs> we could do. Brian Eno, the idea, obviously, not the person. That would be Quo- too callous a thing to do. Quotes could be quotes is uh, is definitely a rankable idea. Inspirational quotes. Yeah, I mean, just qu- I think quotes is big. I actually have opinions on quotes. So. Yeah, imagine they're similar to story, like the faults. Well, um, did you have other thoughts of what I did? Look, I did just show you my kind of running list of. Um, uh, yeah, ideas, ideas that I've had in my phone. Did yeah, you jump out. I liked. Um, if, oh, obviously, I like them all, Nick. So don't um, be sensitive that I like what, some more than others. Um, but I thought it could be really good to rank either hyperbole or asceticism. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited to do both of those. Asceticism. Um, asceticism. Yeah. 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 Um, well, we're going to do two. How about this? We're going to do two episodes today. Peek okay. behind the curtain, listeners. Mm. Let's do them. Let's let's make those our two back to back. Um, you listeners will either have to hear one now and then wait a, wait a few days, or maybe you're catching up to this in the year twenty twenty six. So um, you'll be able to smash straight through. Um, or maybe you're uh, someone who um, maybe you're some kind of vonnegut character esque person who's experiencing uh, time. I'm uh, stuck. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe you've already heard um, whatever the second one we're doing. Um, Or maybe you already, maybe you come from a future where we did, in fact, poo our pants. Um, But yeah, did you want to do, what if we do um, asceticism first? Yeah. Okay. Since we went to all the trouble of uh, deciding that my pronunciation is right. Maybe it is. I guess the listeners will let us know after this episode of Rank Ideas. Good day, afternoon, evening, night, uh, solstice, Hanukkah to you, wherever you are, um, and welcome to the Rank Ideas podcast. It's the podcast where myself, Chris, and my colleague, dare I even say friend, Nick, rank every human idea on an ever-expanding list in order from best to worst. Friend Nick is my name. That's how we. That's how we introduce. So, for our non-Australian listeners, the two ways that we both introduce ourselves are very both very common uh, greetings yeah. in Australia. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're ranking uh, the concept of asceticism. That's um, I think uh, definitely a concept everyone's familiar with, but maybe not that term or that name. Um, so uh, I guess quick working definition: we're ranking the idea of um, there being a value or a transcendence, a virtue, um, a virtue in um, restricting yourself in some way or putting yourself through restrictive or punishing ordeals um, or living a lifestyle that um, uh, is is forbearant or uh, has denial baked into it of, you know, I guess often often the things that are denied tend to be things that are, seem to be uh, 
you know, worldly or base pleasures or indulgences. Um, and yeah, I mean, even that, even these terms that we throw up kind of shows how the stories of these things get weighted. Like, you know, the idea that a word like indulgence would have kind of these strange loaded connotations, but yeah. And they're so cultural as well. You know, the, what the, those an aesthetic practice may look like, you know, um, good point. Yeah. Something that might not, something that might be, uh, just seen as just a, a relaxed need or, or reasonable want in, in one culture might be seen as the thing that you definitely get. Uh, have a better off time if you restrict in another culture. And I guess the, inher- the inherent idea is that there's the virtue of controlling your, um, your what, what may be a natural inclination to, to indulge in certain behaviours. Yeah. And, and there's some sort of higher calling of being able to um, consciously engage with the things that, with your, with your behaviour. Yeah. Um, instinctively, I don't really like it. I, I think that um, if I think about my own life, and I am, I would say, in a lot of fronts, pretty ascetic. And I think that all of those behaviours, they don't necessarily, they, they don't serve me in the way that I think that they do and they don't serve the function that I define them as. That Maybe that's just me, but I think that um, when I, if I, if I find myself um, having any pride for restricting things or mm. um, any, any, seeing it, when I get sucked into that, um, that idea that uh, there's that there is a you know some pure great good in not doing something that I want to do. Yeah. Um. It's normally some other mismapped emotional regulation. Misregulation. Um. Do you uh, are you comfortable sharing a personal example of a thing that you have an aesthetic approach to? Yeah. Life? Look. Look. There. There are not. There are not that many. Fortunately. Uh, there are not that many, but they've, they've been significant in my life. So, mm-hmm. uh, so incredibly, I don't, um, and I mean incredibly because of my opinions and surroundings. I, I've never smoked a cigarette or done any drugs. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 sorry, one time somebody thrust a drug upon me. Um, <laughs> it was a pretty non-consensual <laughs> situation, and it was great. But um, yeah, like I, I, I'm not naturally drawn towards the obviously rewarding and um, indulgences of that. And and I don't fully understand why, because I'm not, Mm. I'm not like, I completely see the virtues of um, having access to all of those worlds. Um, And uh, I like all the, uh, you know, I, I like many elements of the social scenes that exist only through those gateways um, and like interactions and um, personal experiences. I think they sound great, but uh, for some reason I, I don't know. I, yeah, at the risk of even of going, uh, I think I've risked, you know, too, being too close to the chest, but I think I'll risk the other side now. I don't have a very strong sense of myself. So I think that um, the idea of like feeling, you know, worthy of a type of pleasure, doesn't, it doesn't even enter my head. So, mm. so I don't pursue it. But another, another one, big, a big one in my life is, um, and maybe you're even expecting me to say this, but I don't eat animal products. Yeah. Um, and I have like, seen that as a trait in other people that seems to me to be a bit mismatched mm-hmm. um, um, where I think pe- people's behaviours don't quite align with their stated reasons for for pursuing that behaviour. Um, obviously, you can, you can say that about literally, all kinds of literally anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, we're all – there's nobody that's um, immune to that or pure of that. But um, it's just made me – I always question that. I'm always like, well, you know, like, so, so I'm a vegan, but I actually don't think that there's anything wrong with people eating animals or, um, you know, uh, or, or animal products. But I, I just, I, I, 
I keep falling back on, well, I think that it's horrendous the way in which we do it. Like, and I think the consequences mm. of that are way too dire versus such a small, uh, it's a, a real benefit, but a small benefit versus the, the cost. So I just don't want to be involved in it because it's pretty grubby. But, um, you know, I, I do have to weigh that up as a, like an aesthetic instinct uh, um, alongside other things in life where, mm. where I, where I um, have to make sure that I don't ever fall into um, assuming some moral high ground and inherent virtue through um, the restriction of yeah you know, pursuing things. Because like the day I gave up, I, I, I gave up eating meat. I think ten years ago now, mm. and the day I gave it up, I loved it. Like, mm. It wasn't. It wasn't like a. Um, yeah, it was something that I was like thought would be really difficult. It wasn't yeah, yeah. that difficult, but. Yeah, I don't know. I um, it's it's. I guess that stuff is easy. Like, there's plenty of evidence because uh, of. I mean, if you take um, dietary choices as an example, and I mean, it's a pretty prime site. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the narrative of asceticism, um, in so many different, in like as many forms as there are people. Really, yeah, like animal products as a specific thing aside, you've got um, you know. Uh, a lot of people making choices, dietary choices, or, you know, so like, let me put it this way. If you, if you were to be really crude, you'd say there's a level, there's one level where you have people who physically can't eat certain things mm -hmm. um, because of a health condition and it's a reality. Then you have people who um, haven't, have a sense that they're affecting um, a, ch a positive change of state on their body by specifically not eating certain things, which is very different to, um, yeah, actually hold that. I'll hold that thought for a second. But um and then you have people who are perhaps, you know, going, you know, maybe one step beyond that and trying to, uh, you know, um, live as a, as a personal model of a type of um, dietary behavior that they think is optimal and should be optimal for all people, you know, like there's as really mm -hmm. crude extremes and as, you know, to break it down in really crude categories. And I mean, you know, as you say, the mismapping, the idea that people have, are trying to do things and the approaches they're taking aren't super, um, aren't super rationally consistent. I don't, you know, like you say, you can say that for a lot of type of stuff. That part doesn't, I mean, <laughs> the, the thing that a lot of people, that bugs a lot of people about aesthetic behavior, which is just um, the, that, that classic humor thing of, of someone being a bit pretentious and performative. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that... Every, as a human being, I get instinctively annoyed by that sometimes, but it's not really that, but it's not the worst thing yeah. to me. Like, you know, it's, it's an important, it's interesting to me how often I see the, um, the, the thing that is most upsetting to certain individuals is anything that they see as performative or pretentious behavior. And I'm like, and like, that really seems to be a strong thing in society. It's like, Oh, the thing I hate most is, um, is, is, uh, you know, p uh, political correctness or whatever. I've, I've heard people be like, oh, the thing I hate most is political correct correctness. And I'll, and I'll really, I'll often hear that and I'll be like, really? That's, that's the thing you hate the most? Like I get, because I understand, I'm like, oh yeah, some performance, some performative political correctness is irrationally applied and pretentious and cr and cringy, certainly. You know, is children die without tasting clean water. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's like, oh, the what? a lot of people say stuff and the thing I'm hearing underneath it is like, the thing I hate most is young people acting like young people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah right. Young people being cringy. But, um, yeah. Or old people acting like old people. Totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, so yeah, I guess the thing, um, and I think you've, yeah, you've already kind of come out, come out pretty, uh, neatly is the thing that instantly gets my hackles up about the idea of asceticism or the idea of um, 
transcendence or elevation of your human experiences through restriction um, is like a lot of other ideas. I just don't see, I haven't, in my life, I haven't seen the evidence to the truth of it. And I've seen evidence to the contrary, as in, I think, and I guess it depends what your goal really is. I guess my lens and my bias is that I um, like to judge things on a long timeline and a long form perspective. And I mean, the thing about human beings that seems very evident to me from observing myself and other people in space and, you know, my own experiments with restrictive mm-hmm. um, behaviors is that we're humans are super good at restrict, like being putting ourselves under extremely restrictive regimes for periods of time. Mm-hmm. Like we're excellent at that and we want to do it. It's intuitive. Like it's the, uh, whether it's intuitive at a, you know, whether it's in the meat of what humanity is or whether it's just a story that's become completely prevalent so that it's become an intuition. Um, it's, it, it feels like it's a very quick thing to occur to us to be like, Oh, I'll just put myself under duress to an extreme for this period of time. And I feel like there's a lot of, um, uh, that like, uh, holding up of people who achieve something like that, like a, people who go through restrictive ordeals get celebrated and yeah. lionized. Yeah. Meanwhile, I look at it and I go, mm, basically any human being is good at that. Also, there is, to my, from my observation, there is always an equal and opposite reaction. As in, we're great yeah. at doing, we're great yeah, at restricting yeah, yeah. things for a certain amount of time, but there is a story, which I think is a false story, that you can do it as a lifestyle, quote unquote, for your whole, for your whole life. And you can't, like, <laughs> ultimately... The repression, restriction, holding things back, eventually your body will demand a swing to uh, the other side of that. Like it will, yeah. you know, and it will over overrule what you might think of as your rationality or your discipline. This is this is so funny. I, this is, uh, I think it was, was it two weeks ago, the World From Here episode was themed pleasure. And I wrote a monologue that I didn't give because it doesn't quite make sense to give them in the way that I wanted for the show. But um, like... I guess it was kind of on the same theme, really, as asceticism, because it was um, it was sort of a celebration of not bothering to restrict, um, to, to have restrictive practices. Because you say, like, how often do you see um, the swing cycle of people who, uh, you know, diet really intensely and then gorge, hmm. like, or um, you know, uh, oh, this is like a an awful example, but um, you know, uh, the the whole class of um, of Catholic priests and who were, you know, restrict themselves from their own mm. sexual urges and then, you know, um, perform them in ways that are abhorrent. Yes. And um, yeah. And only, and yeah, where, and seems to be <laughs> where again, like causation, correlation is not causation, but it's, it doesn't seem like a long bow to draw once you have that many separate, yeah. separate individuals in the one culture you know, uh, behaving in the same way under yeah. the same conditions in a way that doesn't expand out into the pop- into the larger population. But even just um, you know, look at the rate of people who have you know monogamous long term marriages and the rate of extramarital like it's, like it's it's kind of a trope. So um, you know, it's it's more more uh, you know anecdotal observation. But I've seen plenty of people get out of long term monogamous relationships and then um, pursue uh, sexual gratification like in a way that doesn't really seem to serve them, but it's like, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's the behavior of someone who's been starved of something and wants to get as much of it as possible. Yes. Yeah. Like I feel like that's something I've seen a lot and it, it is, and it is ultimately not what they would want when they find that, you know, they, they level out and find a balance of, of what they're 
and and that's taking me towards so, you know like I feel like a really good working definition of of a bad idea of a lower ranked idea mm. is something that um is so potent and effective that it is make that it is has that it day in day out makes the entire human population behave in ways that uh, aren't supported by any evidence or in fact it should be easy to behave should be easy to uh, see the contrary evidence but the thing that stops us seeing it is the story because because so, uh, what, yeah. what I mean is we've got people you know the number one statistical indicator for long-term uh, weight gain is ever going on a diet uh. like so you know and again I'm being careful um, I'm, let me be careful to say that I personally don't vilify the idea of having uh, higher amounts of body fat um, that's you know we'll, we'll, we'll rate the idea of you know we'll, we'll rate ideas relevant to uh, the valuing of um, certain uh, body weight profiles over others um, later on and I will be bucking to rate them low but yeah if the idea in people's minds is that they want to lose weight and dieting is proven not just by the st- you don't need the stats if you just looked around you'd, mm. you'd see that it yeah. never works yeah. like literally never works um that said it's uh, the story of it's asceticism so compelling. Yeah, it's, yeah it's so compelling and the story of asceticism also it it works by working on a micro scale where it's like look what happened to this person in this three-month period which again if all you want to do is be um it's arbitrarily uh, a lighter amount of kilos for th- for for three months or a yeah. couple of years before you swing back, then go nuts. But yeah, to me that doesn't seem to actually map to what people what the narrative asceticism is is promising as a story. And yeah, it's I, such a compelling narrative that it's like it's kind of in every everything. Like it's yeah. it's in every religion, cult, like every cultural practice. You know, every movie know. training montage. Like, <laughs> yeah. like there's. Let me put it this way, and you know, like as a, <laughs> and I say this as a as a sports science and strength and conditioning nerd who works in that field. Um, if you had a training montage of someone preparing for an elite athletic event in a movie and it was realistic to optimal training, people wouldn't buy it because it would be, you know, <laughs> the, montage, the montage wouldn't involve lots of hard work, but then it would also involve um, strategic uh, deloading of stress, uh, getting plenty of sleep, um, eating nice indulgent meals to fuel the process. Like it would involve, yeah, it would have the, it would have the mix. It would have optimized stresses, which involves also, you know, like, yeah. Whereas what we, what we buy into, what's intuitive to us is, um, yeah, someone like, I don't know, g- climbing up a flagpole in the pouring rain, getting struck by lightning, uh, every <laughs> few feet. Um, and yeah, that idea of, uh, of beyond, uh, no pain, no gain, but more pain, more gain, you yeah. know, as Su- a, suffering gives birth. Yes. And that, you know, and, and I mean, this is the other thing, the idea, I guess maybe asceticism doesn't completely contain this idea. Maybe there's a cross mapped idea, but the thought of, yeah, transcendence through suffering, the idea mm. that uh, us v- v- uh, valorizing the the lives of people whose lives have been awful in some way, which obviously, you know, like um, it's... I yeah, think it's, it's, and you see that, 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 that suffering Olympics mm. that, that people... Like it, it's a currency. And, the, and that good, obviously, like... It's, it's a currency I, of virtue. <laughs> it's a, Obviously, it's a wonderful and worthwhile thing to be keyed into the stories of what other people in life have gone through oh, that yeah, might absolutely. be beyond your imagining. Yeah. But the idea of saying, oh, yeah, and those people uh, then end up as the best people at the end, mm. to me, is a little bit crude when, again, we have a lot of evidence that people who go through really horrible things then have to suffer the consequences of those things for the rest of their life. Tra- yeah. Like, trauma is yeah. a real thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the idea of, um, and yeah, living in a place like Canberra, I, 
and again, working in gyms in particular, I see an interesting kind of, um, I feel like the idea of not just asceticism, but ordeal is, um, really baked into a, a lot of people's behaviors, like in, at least in, in that I see when they come into places like gyms or they f- pursue their exercise, I can see almost a sense of like a, a, not performative necessary, but a kind of intuitive self-flagellation, uh, as from people, you know, cause I mean, Canberra is arguably one of the, um, most comfortable places you could possibly live in the world right now. Mm. Um, which to me is just great. It's why it's one of the reasons I live here. Um, and I personally don't feel a need to ameliorate that by, baking suffering in, but I see that there's in subtle or not so subtle ways. I see people feeling the need to justify, um, their day in day out by seeking by, you know, by leaning into ordeal experiences. Well, the emergence of those Spartan warrior mm. races and things like that, the, the tough mutter, yeah. like where you get, you literally get electrocuted in yeah. your half marathon, <laughs> grueling or whatever else it, I don't know. Um, if people don't know that this sort of, um, challenges that you sign up for and you'll have to, I don't know, just do a series of intense exercises, but you know, it's through you're dragging your body through the mud and you're getting yelled at. And, and, and those ones are very interesting to me. Those ones are a great site in terms of, because they're the story of asceticism. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the, the, the other thing about those is they're mass produced events that want to capture a lot of people. So they're also carefully curated to not to actually, be achievable. Be, they're not that hard. Yeah. Um, even though, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, to me, I would, uh, I don't want to jump in ice water and then get muddy. So I won't do it. So, yeah. I mean, it depends. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. Mileage. <laughs> like I love the idea of an obstacle course. Like I'm someone who enjoys hard exercise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, but yeah. So having, heating up. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> having to put, having to put extra, these, these extra stripes of ordeal onto it. Um, and I, yeah, yeah, I guess I'm upset. I, I am quietly obsessed with this stuff. Cause I mean, a lot of my arts practice stuff like a lot of the shows I make like my performance art shows I yeah. do have an ordeal aspect baked into them I, I find like like I'm a real sucker for the um narratives of hardship or at least the sorry sorry not not the narratives but the presence of hardship like I find I read a lot of history um around conflicts and things like that because I find the the actual behaviors that people can be driven to under certain extremes really compelling. Be- not because it's like, oh, wow, what a great person this was. So I'm like, oh, wow, this is what anyone can do when the conditions are X fucked for you. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, and I, I don't, but I don't pursue that at all in yeah. my life. I have no interest in being in, in any of those hardships <laughs> at all. Pretty much the same. I mean, I guess the closest I do is that I, um, I do, there are, th- I, I, I do. S- I work on the skills and things in, in arenas in my week, which are hard work because mm-hmm. I, where there's an incentive where I want to get better at a thing. And the way I get better at a thing is to do something that's hard and, um, you know, uh, uh, mentally challenging, physically exhausting, you know, hu- socially humiliating, whatever I'll do those things. But yeah, I don't, I don't think I quite have the, I don't, I would try and resist. I'm sure it's in there at a very, intuitive level, but I try and resist the idea. It's easy. I mean, again, I'm also a lazy goof off in a lot of ways. So it's easy for me to resist the idea that there's a, that there's a, that there's an inherent nobility in the fact that I'm working hard. Plus, you know, like I'm the uh, son of a classic eighties workaholic. So I kind of got to grow up kind of seeing the functional limits of that model of just like, Oh, you, you just work all the hours and you get, you know, I mean, my, I also think, sorry, I just want to say, I don't think a rejection of asceticism is a rejection of the virtues of hard work. No, I agree. Or the virtues of trying to do that's what I was going to say before. Yeah. yeah. yeah, When I was, I was talking about, um, thanks for reminding me when I was talking about, when we talked about diet before, I was going to say that it's quite telling that, 
most diet ideologies are based around what you shouldn't eat and not what you should eat. Right. You know? Right. And so to me, hard work is, isn't this because hard work could just be about, you know, hard work isn't necessarily restrictive. Like mm. hard work can be additive. Hard positive, work can, yeah. Yeah, hard work can just be an, an embracing of something and it can involve, yeah, it can involve just adding, it can be purely additive. Whereas, yeah, asceticism is about, oh, there are things that you would want to do, don't do them. Mm. Um, there are things that feel good, don't do them. There is, and I mean, again, like I also don't think it's um, asceticism isn't isn't impulse control either. Like, obviously, we're not arguing against the idea of just basic. I mean, really, because um, for me to have a fully, I have a very indulgent lifestyle. Like, I eat what I want, I uh, pursue the things that I want, and I, you know, I work, I, you know, I do paid work in areas that I enjoy. And um, there's a certain level of impulse control that is baked in. Like as an adult, you learn that if you that there are higher levels of enjoyment or satisfaction or um, joy that come from impulse control. So, yeah. and and I guess that's my other problem with asceticism is because you know long restrictive periods often break down your ability to assess that properly. And like like your example before about people, you know, is, is engaging in less than edifying intimate. Uh, or sexual behaviors after being in a situation where they're quote unquote starved of it. Whereas, you know, if you had more of a indulgent, uh, just, just moderately indulgent approach to it across years, you would be able to, you'd have time and space to go, Oh yeah. You'd, you'd have moments where you could recalibrate where you, and I guess, you know, I've, I've, I keep coming back across the last few episodes to this, these nerdy, this nerdy idea. I think it's becoming a little mini obsession with me within the podcast of the idea of, um, uh, elevating ideas that require calibration and sticking up for the idea of calibration. Yeah. So this is this. Sorry, that's, that was the the focus point of that monologue that I was talking about earlier that I wanted to get to, which was um, without like engaging in what your actual pleasures are in your actual body and like or experiencing whatever uh, you know it, your relationship would be to food un, uh, unhindered by aesthetic narratives mm. or whatever. You don't actually learn. You don't get to take the feedback and learn, you know, what, what is a rewarding thing for you? Because obviously everyone's different. And um, if you're just living under the, the trap of some externally imposed narrative, and there are as many such narratives as there, as you can imagine, like across the whole spectrum of human behavior and across the whole spectrum mm. of, um, of uh, d degree as well, um, then you don't get to like you're, you're robbing yourself of like being yeah. able to uh, express yourself and un and understand those things for yourself, and I think, um, I think that that is potentially the only um, the only virtue of of this uh, of, of asceticism is that you are having some sort of conscious engagement with you with yourself and your choices, and you're ex uh, you're examining them. But the the having as a guiding star the idea that that um, that there is a virtue in restricting those is is pretty poisonous the the you know the uh and wrong wrong it's just wrong yeah. like it doesn't again it's it's an idea that isn't supported by evidence and the evidence proves the contrary yeah i mean i always think about uh years ago my friend uh david like read me a um a text um like that was a few hundred years old that was, you know, just, uh, and I mean, you know, there's lots of examples of this type of thing where I go, where it was talking about um, the various supernatural powers that be conferred on a quote unquote man by um, the saving of his seed, you know, just going, 
X amount of years without ejaculating in it. Right, I really just thought you meant like putting it in a mug in the freezer. <laughs> I was like, what, what's no, David like, up to? Just, just, just retaining it in the body and the idea, like yeah, I, sure. it, it literally went up to like if you retained, successfully retained your seed, like, you know, for a few decades, then you would stop aging and eventually you'd become a mortal. Mm. And I mean, there's, you look at, you know, to me, the current narrative. There are so many examples of that. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, and, and I bring that up because to me, the, the, the current narrative of asceticism for me are just as laughable. Like they're not, mm. they're not right. And that idea of, I do think it'd be cool to try and us to quantify an idea that we could rank on its own, that you, of what you were just saying, that idea of actually turning towards and paying attention to your selfhood and yeah. to your day-to-day experiences yeah. Um, and how how much more rewarding society would we live in if everybody did have that sort of if there was if I mean I, th- I think there must be spheres in which we do have that universal engagement with how we feel and what we like to do yes or, or more of those and like surely our culture then is better representative of the world we actually want to have rather than the ones we inherit for the wrong reasons that's true yeah and and for me the nice thing about because yeah me being more more enthralled to this idea when I was young. And, and bumping up against the limitations of it. Like for me, the last few years has been a bit of a project of, you know, um, having a more, like working against those intuitions and trying to have more relaxed, indulgent exploration of things like food, like sex, like um, other, you know, types of socialization, uh, other types of pleasure, pleasurable activity, sleep. And um, I've found, yeah, just that space. And again, I've had massive advantages in terms of having a lifestyle where I have time and space to make those investigations. Not everybody does. Um, lots of people I know do. But I was about to say, yeah, more perhaps more people do than re- would yes. realise or take that opportunity. Yeah, and we, I mean, we keep clarifying this point in episodes and we will keep clarifying it. But yeah, but for those, um, yeah, but the thing that I've found again and again is that a little bit of a period of um, taking the indulgence above and beyond, it doesn't, it hasn't led to me then getting stuck there in an overindulgence, like the thing that might be more instinctively feared by the populace, which is like, oh, if you just get used to this, then you'll get used to it. Because I've had space to work out how much of it I am actually is actually edifying. And there's mm, and there is yeah. there are versions there are there are limits to there are uh, at the very least diminishing returns on indulgence. And if you allow yourself to feel them, then eventually you get to the point where for me anyway, my experience was I got to a point where I was like, Oh, sensibly, I don't want to do that that much. Mm. Here's the sweet spot. And if this is the sweet spot and I'm feeling good and nothing in my life or relationships is feeling bad, then whatever my, whatever paranoid intuition I might have trained into me isn't right. And I can build trust in this. And, um, obviously, you know, I'm sure there are people with specific mental health profiles where they would have to be more careful about that. But even in that case, I think the narratives of asceticism and repression only make things worse there rather than better. And since we're just ranking that idea right now, I think we can turn to the list. Especially given that, um, uh, you know, in a, in a society of all the upweighted things that we have of cooperation and, you know, I imagine, you know, honesty, self-awareness, talking to others, you know, mm. ex- exchange, uh, yeah, like that That just sort of eliminates the, the 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 benefit of asceticism where asceticism's function is to stop you from doing things that will cause you harm if you excessively pursue them. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Like they can be ameliorated in much better ways. So much better ways. I feel like the only thing that's going to... And ultimately always are, I think, like... Yeah, I th- again, I think, you know, I was, like was, I've said a couple of times across the episode, the idea of, yeah, this, I feel there's, there's just so much, um, 
the evidence of our senses and our immediate surroundings against this idea are just there. And the only thing that counters that is the story of asceticism itself, which is why I want to rate it so low. Because yeah, it's, yeah. Because it, it's a story. It's another sexy, potent idea. But of all the sexy, potent, like other ideas we've looked at, like um, that are sexy and potent, like... Um, Say like faith is sexy and potent. Yes, um, even stuff like you know fashion and genius, which we didn't we didn't dunk on uh, massively. Like they're lower, but they're not like right down the bottom because we found some positivity or some relatively benign aspects of them. But we still they got down weighted a bit because we were like, well, if these ideas exist, then they're going to be prevalent because they're sexy and mm. potent. And yeah, so I think. This one's in debate terrain for me, like mm-hmm. instantly, uh, p- p- but lower because it's. Um, it's more powerful and yeah. more impactful. I think it's really bad. So I think the only things that are going to rank, still rank below it are the ones where we think they're even more, either even more potent and virulent or just even worse in their outcomes or a combination yeah. of both. Yeah. So debate at the moment. It does. It, it would be, it, I don't think it sits on the bottom. Like it, No, our bottom's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, that's a debate is uh, sixth from the bottom at the moment. So it's pretty low. So it does, we'll place a pretty low, but I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. Cause above debate is fairness, which we know I dislike a lot, but I think there are still, there are arguments of, yeah, fairness has some, a, fu- a function. There's some utility in there, even if I think it's, it could be, uh, easily transcended by other things. Um, so yeah, it's worse than debate under debate. We have in descending order, we have rights, faith, fulfillment, good and evil and ideology down the bottom. Um, I probably would put it at the top of that list. That feels pretty good, yeah. Um, Maybe, to me, I could maybe argue it out with rights, just because rights, rights again, is even though it's a couple down from fairness, I feel still feel like you know that (laughs) there's nothing. I don't think the toxic. I don't think there's anything. (sighs) There's toxicity in the idea of rights, but it's quite insidious and. like rights is still rights is still a model. Rights, like I think, rights and fairness are models where and debate really. They're things where I think I think they're bad and should be junked and um, could be, uh, uh, you know, like could be easily superseded it by all kinds of things and should. Yeah. I also think that across human history to date, in the absence of the better things of this of us, you know, h- humankind has had to patiently wait until we've come along and gifted them this list. So you can't blame them for working what they've got. And there have been, you know, there's I, been there's been we can, but we can yeah. yeah, and we can we do we've we have um. Definitely, these like fairness debate rights. They've been they've had mechanical use, which has been uh, horribly compromised and imperfect, but has achieved some you know has been used to achieve some outcomes. Asceticism, I can't think of a single good thing outcome from it, <laughs> like other than some great sports movie montages, which you know have. But again, have only. It's difficult because I feel like societies in which asceticism, I mean, it exists for a reason, right? Like I, I imagine that societies in which it has taken hold. Um, in certain particular ways, like are then well equipped to outcompete other societies in which it hasn't, um, based mm. on you know uh, like the different conditions that you know various human societies have faced through history. Um, and yeah, I, I don't mean outcompete in a good way. No, that's the um, thing. Yeah, they've been able to they've been able to marshal a certain amount of yeah. human power behind a, a an operation. But then, yes, that 
uh, and again, as much as I often argue for it, makes it worse, really. Yeah, and that's the thing. As much as I often argue for the idea of scalability as a good, as basically good thing mm. in ideas, not all high, not all large scale activity is good, and a lot of it is awful. Yeah. Um, and you know, really, our best version of the list will ensure that I d- uh, that activity can be scalable and uh, edify and you know. I figure at, at its at, at at the core, what we're really getting is that you know high uh, profile complex. Um, or not sorry, complex in their intersection with everything, but they um at their core untruthful ideas are the are the lowest ones. And mm-hmm. like this is one that's just based on a fundamental untruth and infects so many things. So I'm yes. I'm comfortable with it being anywhere in in the in the bottom there that's um yeah, happy to put it below rights. Above above faith still feels Yeah, because okay to it, me. it's it's a it's a, it's probably almost a subset of faith in yeah in some ways. Sorry, this is just There's a faithful component to aesthetic narratives. This is just the sounds, gentle listeners, of me typing it on the list. Um, so it's the new now fifth from the bottom. A very, very poor showing for the idea of asceticism. We had it in our sites, our gun sites, for a low ranking all along. Um, I feel like we, um, you know, uh, you know, th- if if I wanted to f- feel extra rigorous, I would finish by saying that yes, it's easy and. Uh, easy to empathize with the ideas why th- why a story like asceticism would begin, um, particularly because yeah it could have just started very innocently from the basic ideas of impulse control a story a story mechanism needed to transmit that and then and I think a few ideas we looked at are like this you almost have you have to have a hyper blown out extreme version of a story form to help spread or propagate an idea or that's or that's what's happened but also yeah, there's a cost of that yes expedience. totally and but i think you know i i want to f- on this list i always want to stick up for the idea that it doesn't have to be tr- ideas don't have to be transmitted that way you can transmit more specific more specificity of idea and more nuance particularly if you have um every human idea ranked in order from best to worst so good news everybody um looking forward to seeing you in a few days nick You too, Chris. Wink, wink. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. So lovely to have you here in our mouths. That's how the metaphor works around this stuff, right?